Welcome to Tool Talk from Exegetical Tools, where we discuss sound practices and sturdy resources to help you rightly divide the word of truth. Well, today we've got Kevin Moore, Associate Pastor at North Point Christian Church in Spearfish, South Dakota. Kevin, tell the world hello. Hello, world. Nailed it. Awesome, man. Hey, what have you been up to lately? Uh, you know, nothing too big. Just found out my wife and I are going to have a baby next year. Yeah, so you ready did. For that. that is amazing. <laughs> Great news. Uh, for our audience, Kevin and I are good friends, grew up doing ministry together, uh, went to uh, college together, did our undergrad, and he is now in South Dakota. Not a northern native, though. No, no, uh, but it's it's been nice to be a little displaced because there's no humidity and there are some mountains, so that's pretty fun. Yeah, uh, having been in Missouri for a big portion of your life, uh, like with me, that's got to be kind of nice. So I envy you in that way. Yes. Uh, maybe not in all ways as it concerns South Dakota, but at least in that way. So, hey, um, <laughs> today we're going to talk about expectations versus reality in the pastorate, especially as it concerns Bible study. Um, I was just kind of thinking through what can Kevin uniquely contribute that our audience might need to hear. And you're someone who's been enough in pastoral ministry, uh, but it's kind of fresh on you and having some biblical studies background and having some uh, pretty intensive exegetical courses in your undergrad. Why don't you just kind of talk a little bit about the differences, what you thought it was going to be like and what it's really been like? Well, uh, I mean, there's a lot to that, but um, first off, it's like in, in school, in our undergrad, the image that I had of pastoral Bible study was, you know, a solid 20 to 30 hours a week of just digging through commentaries and writing a small paper each time I was prepping for a sermon or a lesson, and it was just going to be this nice, neat little package tied off with a bow every time I was going to study, and that is definitely not the case. It's just not a smooth process. Sometimes for sermon prep or lesson prep or whatever, it does go really well, and there's a really clear course of action that I can take with different resources used and the way I gather information, but other times it's uh, it's a little more sporadic or chaotic even, just trying to make sure I get the right info and still be faithful to the text while not having the luxury of dozens of hours that I can give um, that I expected in undergrad, you know, and with schooling, there's uh, there's plenty of time to work through the text and plenty of resources at hand. And here on the ground, uh, it's uh, kind of jump off the cliff and hope you've got the parachute. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty adventurous is probably a word I'd use. We we say uh, in our, our staff, because we're a church plant, so we kind of say that church planting is like repairing an airplane without having the luxury of landing. So... We've kind of got to fix stuff as we go and, and do things on the fly. And sometimes it's that way with biblical study. And uh, But at the same time, there's a really cool element that I didn't anticipate. You know, it's not a, it's not a neat package process, but it also is really fun to work through texts and prepare for sermons with names and faces of real people that I'm doing life with just in front of me as I'm studying and as I'm praying and preparing. And so I'm not just preparing for a grade, but I'm actually 
I'm actually preparing to uh, help, or not the, not even help, but to partner with the Holy Spirit in transformation in people's lives that I actually know. And that's a really big deal, obviously. And uh, that's been that's been super refreshing to know that I'm not just not just fighting for a grade in this exegesis, but I'm actually um, I'm actually helping people see Jesus more clearly, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, a lot of our fellow pastoral ministry-minded uh, guys would probably amen. I'm hearing two different thoughts. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm hearing. Uh, on the somewhat negative side, you're moving from the ideal study time, right? Like you have particular right. steps that you must go through and you're going to be graded on going through them in a particular way to uh, now the practical, right? From the ideal to the practical and just w- what can I do this week? You know, you're not necessarily going to be studying one text for a you know three or four month period like you do in a semester in like a, <laughs> yeah. in like a hermeneutics course or whatever. Um, you've, got it, you've got it that week and you're going to preach it that week. You know, you've got multiple staffs and maybe Maybe you got a few weeks, but still. Um, and on the other side, maybe on the kind of positive side, you're moving from the abstract to the concrete. It's not just yeah. this is generally what the church or Christianity or American Christianity or whatever needs to hear. But here's what Bob and Jeff and Sue need to hear. So right. So I think I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think there are probably a lot of guys who've had a similar experience. But why don't you tell us what your particular, and it sounds like it's maybe not the same every single time, but what is sort of your rhythm for, let's say, sermon prep? How do you study a passage for sermon prep? Uh, Well, I just go, I start with the Babylon B sermon generator. (laughs) I knew there was going to be a snarky response. That's so great. And then, and then I just kind of punt. No. Um, Well, I, I begin with reading the text and um, reflecting on it and praying through it and asking I, I, well, really like thanking God for the opportunity to preach the gospel and thanking the Holy Spirit for empowering me and enabling the words that I say to actually have effect. And that's just a huge privilege. And so if I can start from a grateful heart, then everything else uh, falls into the, falls into the right perspective. And then, so I'll start with reading and then I'll start honestly I just use the notes app on my phone or my computer and I'll start putting down like one liners or things like key ideas that I'm starting to see so that they're recorded somewhere. And then I'll move into resources and commentaries. And so uh, depending on the time I've got, I may only be using a couple of resources. Um, I do find that the like the IVP commentary series strikes a really generous balance between uh, faithful scholarship and pastoral insight. And so those have been really helpful for me sometimes, depending on the text and what's available, what, what resources are available. And, uh, between me and our other pastor, we also do enjoy, and I know this make, this may make some cringe, but we do enjoy the NIV application commentary series because they start with, um, a faithful evaluation of the, um, of the original context and then move into application. And so it's, uh, that's often a good place to start for a good big picture idea of the passage. Um, and for example, even just this week, I've been preparing for a sermon series in August, and that's over a section in Ephesians 4. And I've had, because I'm a couple of weeks out, I've got the time to 
consult several resources. So I've, I was just a couple of days ago, I was using the IVP dictionary of Paul and his letters. And I was looking up some articles about the text that I'm, that I'm looking at, um, trying to get a really good, more technical perspective on the passage and really trying to refrain from jumping to application because that can be the temptation is knowing that I'm limited on time and having these people's stories and names and faces floating through my mind. I'm like, oh, I just got to get to the application of this and I'll neglect some of the legwork, some of the hard chair work that needs to be done. And so uh, like I'm, I did the, the IVP dictionary. I got to use uh, a background commentary to get some of the cultural context and reading some introductions and stuff. And that's been really helpful. Um, and then probably next week, I'll be getting into the application part of it and start to really frame out what I want to say and put it into outline form. But it's been really helpful for me to, uh, as I'm reading resources, take down direct quotes and then cite the page number for myself if I need to go back um, from the authors so that I'm getting, I'm seeing some consistent phrases pop up that I want, that need to be said for the text um, and that I'm getting the same ideas across multiple sources so that I can tell I'm being consistent and faithful to the text. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of how I will start. And then after I've got all of the info on a couple pages, um, it's not not pretty, it's not outlined, but it's there. And then I'll start to frame it out and find a big idea for it for the sermon and then start to plug in that idea into the right into the right information and the right stuff so that it can be articulated clearly and concisely as it needs to for Sunday mornings. And so that's, that's generally um, how it goes for me. Um, and then kind of sporadically, I do like to use the ESV study Bible because it's got, it's got enough in there to get me started and to kind of have some introduction on the books and, uh, and no, get me thinking in the right direction before I do any other studies. So that's, gen that's generally how, how it will look for me. Uh, and it's, that's, yeah, that's it. No, that's, that's great, man. Thanks for sharing that, especially being kind of specific with good resources. Um, we'll, we'll call IVP and Zondervan and see, you know, if they want to front us a little cash yeah. for your, your generous endorsement. Um, no, yeah. that's really useful. I think those are really resources that a lot of people have found useful. And so, um, I think there's a lot there and maybe a good reminder for someone who's kind of wondering what else is out there and maybe hasn't stumbled upon those just yet. So that's really good. But backing off a little bit from that, it's really helpful, I think, to hear that. But you're, uh, you've moved states and states away from home in the last yes. couple of years to be up in Spearfish. Um, <laughs> you are newly married. You mm -hmm. are about to have your first child. You mm -hmm. are a couple of years removed from formal theological education. How, in the middle of all of that change uh, and just getting used to pastoral ministry in general, uh, in the mm -hmm. middle of all that change, what are the biggest temptations for you as it concerns uh, your study of the Bible? And what have some uh, been some of the most rewarding elements of obeying God in that change? Hmm. Um, like temptations as far as sort of avoiding study or avoiding sure. reading. Yeah. Um, I don't know it, it. Well, there's definitely the fallout from leaving the undergrad, the, 
the theological training environment where every day is just I'm I'm marinated in scripture with classes and chapel services and all of that. And then stepping away from that, there's kind of culture shock, first of all, because not everybody that I talk to uh, understands like Calvinism and Arminianism and all that. But also uh, just a, a lack of of heavy scripture use and hearing scripture, uh, it can lead to apathy really quick because it's like, well, I'm never going to get back to that. So I guess I'll just get to Bible reading and Bible study whenever I can if I've got the time. And so uh, it's been it's been tough for me to prioritize Bible study and Bible reading for myself when it's not, basically when it's not done for me, uh, as it was so often in the, in the training environment. Um, and, uh, I also got to remember that good books and podcasts and articles and Twitter accounts and all of that, those are incredible gifts to the church. And I love to hear from other people, but those cannot replace a uh, good time in scripture with God. Uh, those, those can't supplant my, my growth with God uh, apart from scripture. And so, and even though it's sometimes easier to consume secondary content, I've really got to, I've got to stay disciplined to be faithful to reading scripture for myself and working it out, even when it's not, not all, all that fun or doesn't feel all that fun or rewarding in the moment. And, that's just, uh, I know that's a pretty basic thing, but uh, it just takes the legwork of slogging through it in times when it doesn't feel rewarding so that God can bear fruit in my life and ministry down the road. Um, and so it's, I guess, just apathy and lack of lack of time management or mediocre time management can certainly creep in. And I'm sorry, what was the other aspect of what you were asking? Uh, what have been some of the joy, some of the blessings? How How has uh, maybe this shift in the change uh, been more fruitful for you? Mm. Well, um, at the same time, I've, I've really enjoyed being able to take ownership of my spiritual growth and of what I read. Even, um, I get to choose what books I read and how long it takes me to read them. And I don't have to write a report after I'm done, which is great. Uh, but I'm also, Again, I think I keep coming back to this because I tend to be pretty relational, but um, I'm talking to people in our church and talking with our other pastor and uh, getting to discuss theology and what God's doing in my life through this, you know, through this move, through things that I'm reading, through the changes that are happening um, as it's going on. But it has to be in terms that are not strictly uh, academic and it has to have application that isn't strictly academic. So I've really, I, I just feel like I'm sort of boots on the ground with salt of the earth people who don't have, uh, a lot of theological training perhaps, but love the Lord and want to walk with him. And so the stuff that I'm reading and the ways that God's shaping me are getting worked out in community. And that's been really joyful to, get to be part of that and to, uh, just to see God's movement in our church family. And, uh, I, I don't know, that's a, that's a really unique part of this whole process that's been enjoyable to see and just enjoyable to be along for the ride with. 
Yeah, that's that's refreshing, and I hope that's a good word for our listeners too, because I know some of them are going to maybe be uh, a little bit more bookish, a little bit more uh, technically minded, and and really need the reminder that um, study and even the context of the original um, writing of you know the epistles or even the law uh, was uh, it was something that was meant to impact relationships uh deeply and so we we understand yeah. it best when we're viewing it through that lens maybe not as an overarching narrative that swallows up everything else um mm-hmm. but as a really important element and there may be some of our other listeners who uh are in your shoes a little bit more they are kind of away from formal theological education away from uh strictly academic work but have a background in that and understand its significance and care deeply about it and are trying to uh like you said you know not supplant their own bible study their own worship of god their own devotional reading of scripture but maybe want to supplement uh so that they can Mm -hmm. better understand maybe for a direct ministry application like you're in Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was trying not to have too much of a leading question there, but I, I, I we've talked before, and I kind of had hoped that you would bring out some of that, just because um, I know what that can mean. You know, for me, uh, in my time in pastoral ministry, now uh, leaving a pastoral ministry to go focus a little bit more on study, but with the hope that um, I will return, Lord willing, to pastoral ministry soon. Um, I know that my own study for sermons, for lessons, could sometimes be uh, heavy and overwhelming and uh, important. And I I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to say, well, that's not devotional, because even as I'm I'm studying, even as I'm doing word studies, you know, my hope is that when I come up to a phrase in 1 Peter 1 that's literally gird up the loins of your mind— I mean, one, uh, it's it's just a great image for a sermon, right? But it's not just that. It, it's for me been in my own fight against temptation. Uh, it's a, been a constant reminder for me. And so I hope that people get the sense that we don't need to divorce what the academic and the practical. Um, I hope that they see yeah. that you know, their own study, their own exegesis can be a tool for them. Hey there, I did it again. Um, can be a tool for them in their own Christian walk. But I also know on the flip side of that, that just having some time in a book of the Bible that I do not have to teach or preach as far as I know any time in the coming months uh, is yeah. also just beautiful. I mean, I need the Psalms um, on a regular basis, Amen. even if I'm not doing a Psalm sermon series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's been the Proverbs. You know, I've been in John and I've been in First Peter for, oh, I don't know, eight months or something this year, and just finishing up a series in First Peter. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time in the Proverbs just devotionally, and it's been amazing for me. One, First Peter one uses a lot of Proverbs, but two, it's just been good for me to be reminded that God is wise and that His ways are good. Yeah. Um. And so, and then seeing, of course, how Peter kind of reshapes that in light of Christ and in light of the future hope of salvation that we have. Um, and so I, I can totally resonate with that. You know, we're talking, supposed to be talking about expectations versus reality and pastoral ministry. And uh, there's a temptation, you know, both both you and I went through this, this very intense hermeneutics course, uh, principles of interpretation <laughs> at our alma mater, Ozark Christian College in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what all other hermeneutics courses are like. I know that they all 
do very, very similar things. Uh, but this particular class and institution has a pretty foreboding project. But it's all just one section of Scripture. It's all just one pericope. And then realizing, getting into pastoral ministry, oh, yeah, I'm doing that every single week. And yeah. uh, as my wife, <laughs> as my wife went through that same course a couple years after me, and I was doing at the time, I don't think I was preaching yet at the time, but I was doing weekly uh, Bible study lessons for a, a college age ministry. She asked me, so do you go through every single one of these steps in this exact order at, with this exact intensity <laughs> every single week? And the answer, of course, was, well, not exactly. But <laughs> having gone yeah. through it and having someone to walk me through it very specifically, I now know what to look for. I now know what I ought to be tipped off about. Um, yeah. And and another plug on my end of things, I don't I don't know how you guys set up your sermon series exactly, but another plug on my end of things for for preaching through a section of scripture. It sounds like you're doing a a, a whole series on that section in Ephesians four, but uh, yeah. the research is. It snowballs, right? I mean, you you do a bunch of research, and then, you know, for me, you get to First Peter 4, 12 through 19, and while there are really important pictures in there, it's in many ways a recapitulation of everything that's come up in the book already. You know what I mean? Um, uh-huh. And so yeah. there's just this, I don't know if snowball's the right word, but there's just kind of exponential um, return for your study. Yeah. And I've just found that to be really, really helpful for me and also kind of makes it, you know, rather than there's this big long project every week you talked about having the pressures of ministry and uh, someone's always got something that they need from you that was not on the calendar. Right. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that can be really, really glorious. Hey, so before we wrap up here, um, you mentioned several resources. Is there anything that um, you've been reaching out for a whole lot lately? And you've mentioned several, maybe it's just one of those, but something that you've just been reaching out for a whole lot lately that you would strongly recommend, whether it is a print resource or an online resource? Um, two definitely come to mind. First would be an ESV study Bible or ESV.org. Uh, and I'm not getting paid to say that, but uh, just it's a really good, uh, literally handheld package that has a lot of articles and great introductions to the books that and and good study notes that really can get you started well and have helped me even devotionally if i'm reading through something and a little phrase comes up that i want clarification on i can just jump down and see some notes and then move on not having to do a whole a whole lot of study and then also i haven't mentioned this yet but logos bible software uh again not getting paid to say that as far as i know but uh that's that's been super helpful for me because I'm, I'm at a disadvantage where I'm not a languages guy. Uh, that wasn't my forte in undergrad. And so, uh, with logos, not only do I have a whole lot of unique secondary resources, but I can dig into word studies really quickly. And so I still don't know, uh, know all the technical terms for them, but I can get at some definitions pretty quickly. And even actually this morning, unrelated to this podcast, but, I was just reading through Second uh, Corinthians three and four, and I wanted to do a word study on glory and see what some definitions were and how that was used elsewhere. So I was on my phone in a coffee shop, and I just jumped to Logos and hit look up and Bible Bible word study, and then I was there and I could see some definitions and get a decent handle on it. And so I really appreciate both of those things in just personally for devotions and, and spiritual growth, as well as for 
uh, sermon and lesson study. Yeah, that's great, man. Thank you. Yeah, I I know that there are going to be um, some of our listeners who are really, really staunchly academic, and that's what they're engaged in currently. And I really hope that um, that as they're hearing, they're being reminded, hey, you know, there is an abundance of good resources out there, and you know, we're not. Who are we to? Um, who are we to overemphasize one or another? You know, I, you mentioned a specific mm-hmm. Bible software, and I don't want to. I don't want to start any wars here because I know people <laughs> take very seriously uh, their Bible softwares, but um, <laughs> it's it's it can it can get pretty intense as far as I can tell. Um, but I also hope that you know our listeners who are in the throes of ministry and have an academic background are hearing this and just being reminded, hey, you know, we there there's really no excuse not to go do a little bit of legwork because, like you said, you can just be sitting in the coffee shop and think it'd probably help if I had a little bit better understanding of this word. Um, yeah. So I'd like to encourage those who are, you know, I, I'm maybe somewhere in in the middle of the road as far as languages go. Um, some of our other contributors, Todd, uh, is a phenomenal. Uh, just really knows Greek, uh, produces a lot of great resources. And I'm, I'm a little bit more with you. You know, I know enough. Um, I know enough to know that I ought to ask good questions. And so it's good to know <laughs> where to turn for those answers. So, yeah. hey, man, so lastly, I just want to ask, uh, what, what devotional thought, what scripture have you been marinating on here lately in a devotional level that's just really encouraged you? Could you just uh, quote or paraphrase a scripture for us? Um, I think I would go, I would probably go to second Corinthians three. Um, I was, I was reading it again this morning, like I said, to get a refresher on it, but, uh, second Corinthians three that we are, and, and I can't quote it directly, but we are, uh, basically beholding God and beholding his glory and being transformed from one, from one degree of glory to another. And that's a really, that's just a beautiful image to me, especially in context of what Paul is saying in three and four, um, that basically we gaze at God and we enjoy him more than anything else in the world. And he will faithfully make us more and more like him and, uh, make us reflect his son as we're created to. And that's really beautiful. And there's a lot I, I I think there's a lot of application implied in that too, uh, but that's been that's been a really central thought for me recently. Um, that's been really helpful personally and in ministry. And so I, maybe this is even a call to listeners to just go read Second uh, Corinthians three if you've got the time today. But it's been really enriching for me. That's great, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Hey, thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it, Kevin. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. 